You're listening to Living Lab Radio. I'm Heather Goldstone. This year's UN Climate Conference, the 25th Conference of Parties, is underway in Madrid. Joining me now with an update on the first week of the meeting is Marcia Macedo of Woods Hole Research Center. She's an associate scientist there. Marcia, thanks for making the time to talk with us. It's my pleasure. So as a result of... uh, previous Conference of Parties meetings. We have the Paris Climate Agreement, even though the U.S. is pulling out, that is still moving forward. What is the actual goal of this particular set of negotiations? What's actually going on at this point? Well, the negotiations begin in full next week. So the goal now, I think, is is to try to get real commitments from the remaining countries that haven't adhered to the, the Paris Climate Agreements and to really create a sense of urgency around the climate crisis. Urgency is kind of the theme of this meeting, um, down, right down from the logo to you know all of the, the kind of programming. I think a lot of what is being talked about right now is that even the countries that have set national targets and have ratified those, those targets are not enough and, and we're not we're not on track to, to meet the, the Paris climate goals or to, or to even start to see a decrease in global greenhouse gases. You mentioned the theme of urgency. I know this uh, conference of parties, this COP, as they're called, has been dubbed the Blue COP uh, with kind of an oceans and, and water theme. How has that cropped up in the first week of discussions? Well, I've been accompanying mostly the the Amazon and Brazil Climate Action Hub, and it has come up in several contexts there, uh, certainly the increase of drought in, in the region and beginning to see forest degradation as a result and water security issues coming up. And so that's a big topic of discussion in the civil society pavilion. I'm not part of the formal negotiations and, and Brazil is not actually here in, in uh, big numbers officially. So you mentioned that uh, Brazil's not there in large numbers. I'm curious about uh, the U.S. since, of course, um, President Trump has started uh, the process of formally withdrawing from the Paris Climate Agreement, what kind of U.S. presence uh, have you encountered so far? I have to say I, I'm in a, a unique position of being both Brazilian and American, and I'm actually quite disappointed with the, with the official delegations from, from both countries. Um, hmm. There has been some presence um, in the last week of, I think, Nancy Pelosi was here and, and a few other U.S. officials but not a strong presence, certainly not the kind of leadership that we would hope to see from the U.S. at this point. And, and Brazil is, is moving in the same direction. Um, the Minister of Environment is here for part of the week, and there's a very reduced delegation of some, some of the more technical folks focused on agriculture and, and so forth. But really, from the Brazil perspective, um, which is what I've been accompanying more closely, uh, mostly civil society has come out in large numbers to, hmm. to try to serve as a counterpoint, I guess, to the government's position. Now, the location of this conference being in Madrid was a last-minute switch this fall after the president of Chile uh, said that his country would be unable to host this year due to political unrest. And that sparked some conversations about uh, colonialism, about the impacts of climate change on political systems and unrest around the globe. And I'm wondering if uh, any of those themes, I mean, tensions between 
uh, developed and developing rich and poor nations around the world have always been um, a major part of these UN negotiations. Has this switch in location uh, brought that to, to the surface any more or in different ways, do you think? Certainly the fact that it changed at the last minute made it so a lot of a lot of people couldn't attend um, because of expense and just the logistics were very challenging. And, so, and, and I think that unfortunately really affected civil society organizations, indigenous groups, you know, other observers who are a very important part of the dialogue more than it affected official delegations. And in that sense, I think that the question that you raise about colonialism and, and so forth rings true. Um, one place that it has cropped up for me personally um, in my interactions with several indigenous leaders and the Brazilian delegation that is here uh, is, is that the, the indigenous space, I think, ended up in, in a position where it's very kind of marginalized and it's outside of the official space and, and kind of removed from some of the, the more traditional exhibit spaces and so I, I have heard some complaints around that but I've also found it very encouraging that, that those groups are finding ways to participate in many other venues and are really having their voices heard and being part of the dialogue in a way that, that I haven't seen bes- before at least in the Brazilian context. Marcia Macedo, you are part of a delegation of scientists from Woods Hole Research Center that are um, at this UN meeting with a message for negotiators and really for the world that the world's carbon budget is running out. What what does that actually mean? I mean, we know what it means when, you know, we've got a, a financial budget and we're running out of money, but what does it mean that the carbon budget is running out? In order to slow global climate change, we need to reduce the amount of, of carbon in the atmosphere. It's it's going up and up and up and shows no sign of slowing down. Our scientific delegation was really bringing attention to two natural ecosystems that can play a big role in either mitigating or increasing those emissions. One is permafrost in the Arctic. We had a a big delegation uh, working in the cryosphere pavilion and, and raising awareness of the fact that as the earth warms, permafrost is thawing and could release massive amounts of carbon to the atmosphere that hasn't been accounted for. By the same token, I and a couple of colleagues were here to raise awareness of the importance of the Amazon rainforest for climate mitigation and maintaining climate stability, not only regionally in the Amazon, but but also globally. So the Amazon stores 10 years of global greenhouse gas emissions and is a really important regulator of regional climate um, by circulating water in the region and and around the world, so so that is that is a function that um, that we're trying to kind of shine a light on. Well, Marcia, we can hear that you're in the hall, and I know you're between events, so I don't want to keep you for too long. But I am just curious what your sense halfway through this COP with the uh, formal negotiations starting, um, you know, in the second week. What's the the mood there? Is there a sense of optimism, a sense of action that things are getting done, um, or or is there more, you know, concern and worry? I can speak for myself personally um, that uh, there. Uh, 
is certainly a sense of concern and worry. It's urgency with concern. I, if you look at the uh, report card for where we are on the national targets that were supposed to be set as part of the climate agreements, we have countries that aren't participating or are threatening to pull out, and the countries that have committed, by and large, are are not doing quite enough to get us where we need to be. And so that's that's a real worry. I mean, the sense of urgency is palpable, and we're really hopeful that that can be converted into some real action and some real commitments. A mix of emotions, it sounds like. Best of luck. That's Marcia Macedo of the Woods Hole Research Center. She's there with a delegation of scientists trying to bring to the attention of negotiators some issues that have not been fully considered. Marcia, thank you so much. Thank you.